You can listen to all episodes of Leonard ad-free on Wondry Plus. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts. This is a blessing song for Leonard and all the people who have been disfranchised and forgotten and marginalized by this world. That's singer-songwriter Keith Sokola from the Native Music Hall of Fame. His anthem, Indian Cars, has been the number one most requested song on tribal radio since for blessing for Leonard, for all the disfranchised people, the marginalized, the forgotten. And it was a pipe song, variety, a song, an Anishinaabe tradition in which um, Leonard were part of the same tribe. Our pipe carriers, they'll load their pipe up when you play a flute song, an offering to the Great Spirit so that the prayers go far. And it was in that class of songs that I was playing and just to make good feelings for people. But I'm praying for health, and I'm praying for welfare, and all those good things in life that Anishinaabe were only allowed to pray for good. Miigwech. You're listening to Leonard, a podcast series about Leonard Peltier, one of America's longest-serving political prisoners. I'm Andrew Fuller. And I'm Rory Owen Delaney. We've spent the last four years working to share Leonard's story with a new generation of people. Who he is, how he ended up behind bars, and why we believe he deserves to go free. This is Season 2, Episode 8, Indian Cars. In this chapter, we chinwag with longtime Peltier supporter Keith Sokola, who plays a couple tunes on his acoustic guitar for Leonard. Bonjour, Keith Sokola in the my name is Kisakola. I'm from the Anishinaabe tribe of northern Minnesota, from the Boys Fort and the Kujiching Reserves of Ontario and northern Minnesota. And I grew up on the Iron Range, and I grew up aware of our rights, aware of what happened to our brother Leonard. And so today I'm on a podcast for Leonard, and um, we're going to make him be free. 
did the song come out all right? It was great. That was beautiful. Keith, you want to freestyle or, or, you know, if you wanted to play anything else, I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah, I got my guitar with me. I'll tune it up in a bit if you want to talk and and things, and um, we can we can slip into that at any time. Actually, I should see if it's in tune. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. This is an early song that we wrote for Leonard in the '90s and it's called Innocent Man. There wasn't a microphone And he felt like singing to an empty room Hear him singing He's an innocent man He's an innocent man He's an innocent man song would go on and on we would jam on it and some hard guitar breaks and flute and great great singing and things and it became a, a symbol of native rights which leonard has become a symbol for native rights and sovereignty and, and all those things that are important to us and it, it seems like leonard's life and his work has become that we could define our native rights by defining his and so until we're all free, we're not free. And so that song was a, a very powerful song for us to play in the 90s. And even now when we play it, we can play it faster with a native chant and singing and things like that. Or we can play it slow. But the thing was a metaphoric symbolism of the disfranchised and singing for people without power. The guitar and, and writing songs became a form of activism for many songwriters. And any songwriter who would write stuff that was important to the people would be important to the people. And Leonard's situation was always so important to us. It still is, and still feel for him much emotion. You know, like when you're writing songs, and when I first started writing in the late 70s even, I wrote Indian Cars. It was a song that I, I wrote when I was living on Iron Range in a teaching in a town called Hibbing, Minnesota. And, and so there you, you've always become aware of Native rights and you become aware of 
the metaphysical understanding of native rights that you write yourself out of a song so it doesn't become so much about yourself as a songwriter but it belongs to our listeners and i think that for many songwriters native songwriters you could look like at a criteria a fourth tier criteria number one is the song entertaining does it make people dance and sing number two is it philosophical does the song have a philosophical meaning Number three, is it spiritual? Does it have a spiritual meaning? And number four, is it metaphysical? Did you write that song about my mother's car? Or did you write that song about my car? Or did you write that song about Leonard Peltier? You know, in a song like Innocent Man, you know, it's entertaining because all the minor chords and the different journey through the progression, it's, it is like a journey. And then the spiritual connotations of it, you know, like he's singing in a lonely room. There's something real. When you peel off everything, then you just come to this man in a room singing, singing to the great spirit. And that is itself spiritual and metaphysical in a sense that he's singing to the universe, the metaverse, the whole multiverse of human existence and life. So I became aware at a very young age, as, as many singer-songwriters do of our genre, of, uh, I call it Native Americana genre, you become aware of our situations. I always say you can't be an angry and then, you know, like bang against the people, get mad at you, they don't listen to you. But I can't be a Disneyland Indian either, where I think everything is all right. And so, like, you let people bang for you, too. You knock on a door hard, and I'll come in there with a nice song and sing and soothe people. And so, that's been my approach. I remember writing with activist writer Floyd Westerman in the 80s and 90s and things. Floyd Westerman was a Dakota Sioux musician, political activist, and actor. Westerman collaborated with Jackson Brown, Willie Nelson, Bonnie Raitt, Harry Belafonte, Joni Mitchell, Chris Christofferson, and Buffy St. Marie, among others. He also played Chief Ten Bears in Dances with Wolves, Jim Morrison's Shaman in the Doors, and Uncle Ray on Walker, Texas Ranger. Floyd would say, well, in the old days, we would just kick him on the shins with truth. You know, just kick him right in the shin with the truth. And he says, uh, Keith... You're kind of like a Pied Piper. You make them follow you. And uh, my approach has always been this way, a metaphysical approach. I say we lead people gently to a brutal truth and let them discover it. And I think that's what's going to have to happen for Leonard. A lot of people are going to have to come to this metaphysical understanding of what it is and why he is and what he's in jail for. So I imagine you've played with a lot of different, you know, uh, activist benefits over the years, or, you know, what are some of your memories of, you know, some of the good times you've had? Well, I guess you could say good times, because I remember doing shows with Dennis Banks and all the people in San Francisco and playing at the Fillmore and things like that with Floyd and Taj Mahal and people that had come to gather to sing for him. And it was an odd feeling at these events where, we felt a sanctuary almost, like we created this sanctuary. And part of Leonard's spirit, knowing him on the inside, is giving us that medicine on the outside of a different kind of freedom, a sanctuary freedom, a place where it's safe. You know, it's safe to say that you're a Native American. 
you stand up for our sovereignty, our rights, and things like that. And so I remember shows from the late 80s to the early 90s, all the way up until um, Dennis Banks passed away a few years ago in, in Floyd, maybe 10 years ago, and playing in San Francisco, and people speaking eloquently about Native rights and about the uh, Peltier case. And it just seems like he should be free, he should be out right now, enjoying the breeze by a lake in northern Minnesota or where he's from. We don't have to be afraid of Leonard being out. He's an elder. He needs to pray. He needs to be home. All this activism that's been bubbling up, do you think that will you know, get Leonard over the, over the line here? And, or, well, or what are you feeling? People like yourself with the hearts that you're, you're, you're pouring it out. You've been there. I seen you guys in South Dakota a few months ago when we did a name rally up there for Leonard and, and Native rights. I, I seen you guys up there listening. I seen all the Native activism listening again. I was just in Albuquerque for the Gathering of Nations, and even though it's an entertainment gathering, there are a lot of Native people singing for our rights and, and, and not forgetting that we're only free as, as our brother is. And so I, I really do, I really feel like there's something that's more this time that maybe it'll permeate more to convince more Americans that this tragedy is, is all of ours to share in, and it's all also for us to make good with Native histories and things like that. So I, I do feel there is an optimism. I feel like there is a consciousness now, even in spite of all the anti-consciousness that's around the consciousness is bigger than ever it was before. There's more people, there's less threat, there's more love. And I think that's what is a tide shifter, is when love gets in our boat and love gets on our side. And I think that's going to change the tide, is the love for a fellow human being. I also was just looking at your music, um, you know, recently, and I'd seen that Hallucination did a, uh, a remix on your Indian cars. That's pretty cool, huh? Yes, it was a nice thing. And the nicest thing is when you get royalty checks from these things, um, where, where you're acting sovereign and you, you are sovereign. Because it's important to me not, not just to be a musician, but to be in the music business. You know, it's important for us natives to become better songwriters, better producers, better musicians, to understand the music business, to understand publishing. And, and that's where you allow other artists to cover your stuff. You publish it with ASCAP. I'm an ASCAP writer, songwriter. I publish my own music. I've made my own um, sovereignty that way of releasing my own music under my own label. And after all these years, I know how to do it. I got this record company called Akina Music. It's a Native American production cooperative. And we're going to have our first release other than myself, a band called December Wind. The album's called Hoka. And a, a couple of Iroquois songwriters from the Mohawk Nation of the Iroquois Confederacy. And so you become sovereign and you know the business. So when Hallucination says, we want to cover your song, Keith, I say, yes, I can publish it for you guys. And it follows the line of music business. And it's important for Native artists to become good business people, too. 
that's exciting about your label there i'm Good work, man. That's that's a lot of work, but it's uh, a lot more than cool. I thought it was gonna be. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna play this little song for Leonard in, in the podcast here, and we'll play the acoustic version of Indian Cars with the electric, the 49. One, two, three, four. Electric 49 finger picking. Here's for you, brother. I've been riding in my Indian car, the pound of the wheel. In my brain, my dash is dusty, plates are expired. Please, Mr. Officer, let me explain. I got to make it to a powwow tonight, singing 49 down by the riverside, looking for sugar. Riding in my Indian car Got my T-bird on the dashboard Ain't got no spare A feather from an eagle I ain't got no scare Got a sticker says Free Leonard Peltier I stuck it on my bumper it holds my car together We're on a circuit of an Indian dream We don't get old We just get younger When we're flying down the highway Riding in our Indian cars In case you didn't hear that one I got a sticker says Free Leonard Peltier I'll be singing 49 Down by the riverside Free Leonard Free Leonard Free Leonard That was brilliant. That was incredible. Thanks, man. That was that was fun. And you know, I I would definitely come back and 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 I know you you guys have a lot of um, legal minds that you can really talk about and and you can share that aspect of this um, struggle. And so that's why I never I didn't really get into the whole legal things, but just as a younger brother, you know, singing for his older brother who's incarcerated. And I would go there and sing for him in his prison cell too. And I'd go through the United States and sing for the president too. 
and I, I would go anywhere to sing, and I would bring a message of love and hope. News and notes. In the summer of 2022, the New Jersey Supreme Court ordered ex-Black Panther Sundiata Akoli freed after 49 years behind bars. Akoli, who is suffering from dementia, was convicted of killing a New Jersey state trooper back in 1973 and had been denied parole eight times because of the fear that he was a risk to reoffend. However, the state's top court declared the board's parole denial so wide of the mark and manifestly mistaken that the court had to intervene to ensure the interests of justice. With Akoli out, that may make Leonard Peltier officially the longest actively serving political prisoner in the United States, a distinction we hope President Biden will curtail as soon as possible. This podcast is produced, written, and edited on Tongva land by Rory Owen Delaney and Andrew Fuller. Kevin McKiernan serves as our consulting producer. Thanks to Bobby Halverson for the original music we're using throughout this series. And thanks to Mike Casentini at the Network Studios for his engineering assistance. And to Peter Lordson and Sycamore Sound for their audio mixing. Special thanks to Keith Sokola for sharing his time and music with us. And thanks most of all to Leonard Peltier. To get involved and help Leonard, go to whoisleonardpeltier.info or find us on social media at Leonard underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram or facebook.com backslash Leonard podcast. This podcast is a production of Man Bites Dog Films, LLC. Free Leonard Peltier.